and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Craig. And I'm Todd. All right. Well, I feel like I need to start with a disclaimer. A couple, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) First of all, we are not morbidly obsessed with death here on Two Guys in a Chainsaw. (laughs) We do enjoy our tribute episodes, but... Really, it's it's sad that we seem to be losing lots of uh, special people. Um, and mm. this week, we are doing a tribute episode for Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan is a actor, was an actor, um, known principally for comedy. Leslie Jordan is not known for his work in horror. This is really a stretch for us. <laughs> but right. when I uh, heard that Leslie Jordan had passed, first of all, I was shocked. Um, it, it really hit me like like uh, a ton of bricks um, because he appeared to be in good health. He was relatively young at just 67 years old and it really seems that he was at the zenith of his career. Um, having worked in Hollywood for many years and having gained some recognition, especially for his work on Will and Grace, uh, where he played Beverly Leslie and was just absolutely hilarious, his career really hit a peak uh, during the pandemic when he started posting videos to Instagram just of, you know, kind of his musings and telling funny stories about his life and his childhood. At the age of 67, he became a huge Instagram star. (laughs) And I remember during the pandemic, it was a rough time for all of us, uh, of course. We were all, you know, holed up in our homes and isolated from friends and family. And Leslie Jordan really just was a breath of fresh air. He would open his posts with, hey, you fellow hunker downers. Uh, <laughs> and and he would just, you know, sometimes sometimes he would talk about the pains of of being alone and cooped up in his house. He was sheltered in place with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> but he would also just tell funny stories from his childhood. And, and honestly... He was just kind of a ray of sunshine. Leslie Jordan was asked fairly recently, you know, what he hoped his legacy would be. And he said that he wanted to be remembered like Dolly Parton would be remembered. Just somebody who was joyful. Nobody had anything negative to say about when I heard that he had passed away, he was uh, in a car accident in Los Angeles. He was on his way to film scenes for the successful sitcom that he was currently working on, Call Me Cat with Mayim Bialik. And uh, it's believed that he had some sort of medical emergency and uh, that caused him to crash his car into a building in Los Angeles. And he was pronounced dead on the scene. When I heard that, and this this doesn't happen very often, you know, often I hear that somebody uh, in the public eye has passed away, and I'm sad, and I'm it, it has an impact on me. But I cried 
when I heard that Leslie Jordan had passed because he's kind of an inspiration to me. Being a gay man and a public figure and being so universally loved, uh, he really is just an inspiration. So, <laughs> of course, I immediately went to IMDb. I knew that he had been in horror movies, um, and and we had a few to choose from. He was in, uh, I think, the final Friday, one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. He played a like a short order cook in that movie, and he was in one of the demonic toys movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've I've seen when I was a kid I saw the original Demonic Toys and that would actually be a fun movie to talk about but I hadn't seen the one that he was in but I suspected that he was just a bit player in it and he was also just a bit player in the Friday the Thirteenth movie but I saw that there was a movie that he had done called Frankenstein General Hospital <laughs> 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 and he he was among the top build. I had never heard of this movie, but I suspected that it was probably available on YouTube, and it is. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the first 20 minutes of it just to kind of see, you know, if this is something that we should do. And even just from the first 20 minutes, it's absolutely awful. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> one of the worst movies that we will have ever done. On this podcast. Yeah. But. This goes down in history. It does. But it features Leslie Jordan heavily. And if there's anything positive to be said of this movie, it's just that he's in it. And he's young Mm. and cute and uh, silly. uh, And he features prominently in this terrible, terrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) And so I tortured Todd and and made him watch it. And I guess we're going to talk about it. (laughs) I'm sure sure it was torture for you, too. I mean, (laughs) but the good thing about the movie is that it did have a lot of Leslie Jordan in it. I mean, so many, so often we do these tribute episodes and... You know, this this well-known actor, actress, has a bit part in it, and there's not a lot for us to talk about as far as their acting or anything in that movie as it goes. But uh, in this movie, at least, he is playing the Igor to the Frankenstein, right. and he has a lot of, not just a prominent role, but he has a lot to do. Uh-huh. Like, he's on screen a lot, he's doing a lot of comedy, a lot of physical stuff. He's he's in it throughout. And so at least there's that. I'm you know, it is a terrible movie. It is horrible, almost unwatchably bad. And it as I was <laughs> and you know it, oh, you know it 5 minutes in. And I was thinking about uh that other movie, uh Transylvania 65000. Uh-huh. And we also thought that movie was bad. It wasn't this bad, no. but they're on the same spectrum. Uh, they're both trying to be horror comedies. They're both going for a Mel Brooks. Actually, I think this one's almost going for a Zucker Abrams style, like Airplane or um, Naked Gun style of comedy. And it has a few comedians in it who have done things like that or bigger things. But man, this movie just falls completely flat. There's almost no bit of it 
that is funny. No. I don't know if I laughed once. Oh, no, I didn't, for sure. And I'll just say, <laughs> it reminded me that th- comedy's hard. It is. That's true. Comedy is hard to pull off. Uh, Actors know this. Sometimes people who aren't actors don't realize it. They think it should be easy to be goofy, but comedy is 10 times harder than drama. Mm -hmm. This is one of those movies that demonstrates that probably somebody looked at this script, and maybe you and I looking at this script could go, yeah, this is going to be a goofy airplane-style comedy. And in the right hands, with the right actors... They could have pulled it off. Maybe. But this is just um, a stinking pile of unwatchable garbage. It is. It's horrible. <laughs> Listeners, don't bother. Oh. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's at all. really not worth it. I mean, honestly, it, it might be worth it to watch the first scene. The first scene is kind of funny, and Leslie Jordan features prominently in it. Um, but when I say kind of funny, that's being far too generous it, it reminded me a lot of student bodies wasn't that the we, we oh did yeah that movie right it's going for stupid stupid humor um mm-hmm. low brow slapstick sight gags sight gags sex jokes humor the obvious silliness you know of but it just it it just falls completely flat i mean that that's the problem with it i mean the the internet calls it the worst frankenstein movie ever made now i don't know if that's fair because i haven't seen them all and and the only one that we've done was what frankenstein and the monster from hell or (laughs) yeah yeah the hammer yeah, one. and mm. and it was pretty bad, but like, yeah. it looks like a masterpiece compared to this. But it was watchable. It's terrible. Um, I mean, it, it tries to do like a slapstick kind of sex comedy to the story of Frankenstein, but in modern day, um, in a modern day hospital, it, it starts out with like, I guess one of the kind of good ideas that they ran with was kind of setting it up like an old school monster movie so you get like title cards that like describe the scene that you're going into like it's a silent movie in a way yeah Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. uh and so uh the first one tells us that uh we're in the basement of general hospital but it's dr frankenstein's lab and then his voiceover as i near completion of my creation i grow weary the only thing that keeps me going is my belief in the genius of my great-great-grandfather note regarding the voltometer i inherited when i turned it on to test it a strange phenomenon occurred All the color was drained from my laboratory. No one suspects my real identity. Therefore, I roam the halls freely under the assumed name of Dr. Robert Frankenheimer. So anytime they're in his lab, it's in black and white. Uh, (laughs) the, The lab scenes are the only somewhat salvageable scenes. Yeah. Because they they are reminiscent of the old movies they're reminiscent of young frankenstein too uh-huh. i think in a way yeah which had to be an inspiration for this film it, it young had frankenstein to absolutely. absolutely even in the casting yeah right but young frankenstein is really funny mm-hmm. i just don't know how this movie missed the mark so badly like i just kept thinking 
do they not know they're making a terrible movie? And and I almost felt like they did. It, even in, okay, so in this opening scene, he's already got the monster partially built. He just needs a few more things. And Iggy, his assistant, played by Leslie Jordan, um, brings him two legs. I got him, master. Boston Marathon Specials. <laughs> They're wonderful. Any problem? Oh, no problems, Master. Great! Boy, you should have seen those two guys. Whew, were they ever squished? I'm talking pancakes. I never heard anything so freaky. Jogging down the street and hit by a bus, mm. then smashed into a wall. The, the only thing in one piece was their legs. They must just just gone under the bumper and been just ground up like hamburger meat. It was I the most I get the idea, Iggy. It ends up that he's accidentally brought two left legs, and Dr. Frankenstein is like, oh, I should have known I couldn't trust a short-order cook to be my assistant. And Leslie Jordan's like, no, master, I I'm so sorry. Here, just saw off my leg. You just go ahead and just saw it right off. <laughs> and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's Leslie Jordan as Leslie Jordan. Yeah. He is this diminutive little man with a funny little voice and this deep southern accent and just everything about him is charming and and funny yeah he has that thick georgian accent it just sounds cute and fun no matter who it's coming from yes right <laughs> you know and and so he he's got that going for him and like you said he he just comes across as a harmless sincere nice heart on his sleeve kind of person and i was watching i have to admit i am not that familiar with him and his work i don't watch much television i didn't see will and grace he he looked familiar because he's popped up in little bits and pieces here and there so i at least recognized him but I didn't have the name recognition that you did when I heard that he had died. And when I went to, I think you might have sent me a YouTube video that was a little bit of a retrospective, remembering his career, that just happened to have been filmed like two weeks before his death. Yeah. So it was more of a, hey, Leslie Jordan, your career is really taking off again. Let's go back and talk about it and what got you here kind of piece. And I was really surprised uh to see all of the cool stuff he's done his attitude his demeanor i thought man I, at 67 i want to have something like this happen to me yeah. you know and so very tragic but watching him in this and then seeing clips from his other movies and clips from his tv shows in that series i thought yeah he just kind of plays himself in a way uh-huh you know that's not to diminish him at all as uh -huh. far as his acting ability goes you still have to be able to act in front of a camera no matter what character you're playing Jeff Goldblum plays himself in pretty much everything he's in, right? Yeah. And he's very well respected. This guy's the same. Like, he just, he was, for me, in this movie, and especially in this opening scene, he was the only thing worth watching. And I'm not just saying that because we're doing this tribute episode about him. He literally seems to be the only person on this entire set that has some command of the scene and what he's doing. And it's not like it, you know, he's a huge presence. I just mean like you don't look at it and go, oh God, groan, groan, groan. I mean, you do because the situation is stupid. He's not given 
smart things to do. But right. he, he's got a definite character. That character is believable. He's acting out that character very well. And in another movie, this would have been funny. Yeah. He clearly has a physicality that works. His timing is quite good. I love it when he's holding these legs, and at one point when the doctor is talking, he just kind of like, kind of drops one a little bit and puts his arm on it. it. I mean, he's just so casually kind of doing these little bits with these legs while the doctor is talking, and I I thought, well, that, that that's kind of funny, right? He, he's cool. He's cool. He's fun to watch, even in this horrible movie. He really is. You know, and there are other people in this movie who have done other things. But they're not fun to watch. No, they're, well, not in this, but, you know. Yeah, the, that's the, what I mean. The guy that plays Frankenstein, Mark Blankfield, he's a working actor. He, can t- he He's prolific. He continues to work. He can do this kind of stuff. I don't know why he's so bad in this movie. Right. I don't either, because you really get the sense that he's not a bad actor. No. Uh, it's just a terrible movie. The guy that plays the monster, Erwin Keyes, he's... <laughs> really recognizable. Uh, I yeah. re- I recognized him from House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm. He's this big, hulking, kind of scary-looking guy. So oh, yeah. he's not, you know, like, if it were a high school play... <laughs> you would you would clap at the end and think, oh, bless their hearts, but like they really tried. <laughs> yeah, um, Lou Cattell uh, plays Doctor Saperstein. He was in Young Frankenstein, and and you'll recognize him too. He's been in a lot of stuff. Um, so it's not that everybody is talentless. That's that's not the case. It's it's just mm-hmm. a terrible movie. You know, in that way, it's really like Frank uh, Transylvania six five thousand. You know. A-list stars in this movie that is just bad. Yeah. This is worse, but, you know. Yeah, I didn't hate that movie. It was stupid, but I didn't hate it. I I don't know. I I just don't even care enough about this movie to hate it. Like, (laughs) I I kind of hated it when I was watching it, because I was like, oh, my God, isn't it over yet? But (laughs) really... I just I, I just want to talk about Leslie Jordan. You talked about his timing. Um, Megan Mullally, who it, herself is a comedic genius, her partnership with Leslie Jordan on Will and Grace, in my very humble opinion, was the best part of, of that show. Uh, I, I loved that show. I thought it was a great show. Will and Grace were the least interesting characters to me it it was the hmm. the side characters who were the funniest and um leslie jordan was a semi regular but but he was a guest star he would pop up a couple of times each season and <laughs> Alan and I would just wait for it. Like, honestly, like, that's what we were watching the show for, was for, to wait for him to show up. And uh, he would he would always, you know, of course, this is the writing, but he would always uh, announce himself. Like, he would just pop up out of nowhere in a scene and announce himself with, well, 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 if it isn't Karen Walker. <laughs> like, every time. And every time we would hear that, like, we were just so happy and excited. And they had this hilarious, like, adversarial relationship. But it was it was just comic gold because uh, they were both rich, vapid characters, and they were adversaries. But at the same time, they were friends, and they they played that relationship 
just beautifully. He so deserved the Emmy that he won for for his role on that show. Mm. And, you know, again, just thinking about him, this is a... You know, he was born um, in the South. He was he was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He was a Southern boy, and he just had so many things going against him. He's tiny. I have no idea how tall he is, but I would guess no taller than five two. Mm. And he's gay and uh, effeminate. And to to be all of those things in the South in the 1950s and 1960s. And I, I just can't imagine what that would have been like. And and he was somebody who knew he was gay from a very, very early age. And, and he came out to his mother at age 12. She said to him, I think that this will make you the subject of ridicule. And I can't bear that. So you should live your life quietly and to see how he didn't. went how he <laughs> didn't how he went forward comfortable in his own skin being himself and and bravely frankly being his his genuine self and just he just had such a positive attitude about everything and and um he moved to los angeles when he was a young man uh <laughs> just in the past couple of years he posted on instagram some photographs of himself when he was in his 20s and he was hot <laughs> 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 he had kind of this harry robin williams hotness going on <laughs> he was he was ripped he was like rocking a six-pack uh he was a horseback rider. He uh, he wanted to be a jockey, but he was too tall. <laughs> but he 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 worked with horses and he trained. He trained and rode horses uh, and was a big part of the gay scene uh, in Los Angeles in the seventies and and eighties. Somehow managed to uh, avoid you know being directly affected by the AIDS crisis, but he uh, volunteered, you know, during the AIDS crisis, he uh, delivered meals to patients who were sick and suffering from AIDS. Uh, sadly, the, the the sad part about his life, but there's a happy ending to it, uh, he fell into drugs and alcohol and, and became an addict and really struggled with that for a large part of his life, but came through it. Uh, and was sober for, I think, probably the last 20 or more years uh, of his life. And he talked about that. And he was a, a religious guy. Uh, he was raised Southern Baptist. And coming from a gay Catholic, I can tell you that it's a challenge to grow up mm. in the church. I can imagine. But regardless of how, you know, his church felt about his lifestyle uh he maintained uh, a relationship with god and 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 just last year released a gospel album <laughs> <laughs> i mean the guy is just like singing and dancing and <laughs> sing, yeah <acting. laughs> and and that's that's why i wanted to do this because honestly he's an inspiration i wish that 
I could live a life like that and and bring that kind of joy to people. And he was friends with Dolly Parton. Um, she also released a statement when he passed away, and she said that well, she she called him little brother. And she said that they had a special bond, a special connection. But she said that she also suspects that everybody who knew him, even people uh, who only knew him because of his celebrity, who, who didn't know him personally, but she said that she suspected that everybody felt that they had a special relationship with him. And, and I agree. I, I did. I didn't know the man and I, I, I don't even think that I realized how much I admired him until he passed. Mm. But that's that's why we watch this stupid ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do we even need to talk about the movie? I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, oh. it, it's basically the story of Frankenstein, but throwing in like horny nurses and. A, BD, a BDSM psychologist with big boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that sounds exciting, but it's definitely not. <laughs> it's well, I, not I mean, if, if you're 12 years old and, and unaware of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Boobies. Ooh. I was trying, while I was watching it, I was trying to figure out why it was rated R. I'm like, there's no way this movie is going to throw anything at me that's R rated. And I think the only thing it is boobs. is they're like three sets of boobs. <laughs> and, and not in a sexy you know oh you know they're like making out kind of way it's like oops my shirt came off kind of thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or oh i'm running out of the bathroom topless or whatever like just there's there's the liposuction doctor dr hoover who <laughs> just like carries around a giant industrial vacuum cleaner and he's got a morbidly obese woman on the table but he turns on the vacuum like before he inserts it and it sucks off one doctor's toupee and it sucks the nurse's clothes off and she's mm -hmm. like ah! <laughs> and then she runs into the next room where there are other doctors and one of the other doctors says I wish you'd come to one of my surgeries dressed like that it's so bad yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculously bad mm-hmm the only good parts are when little teeny Leslie Jordan is like sneaking around the hospital, like on tippy toe. Uh, and there are lots of running gags and I love a running gag, but when they're not funny the first time, <laughs> yeah, they're even worse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but one of the running time. gags is like the antagonist of the movie. He's like the boss, Dr. Rutger. He, he runs the hospital. He keeps just catching Leslie Jordan out of the corner. <laughs> of his eye and he keeps asking people who is that tiny man <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know and Les leslie jordan like they're harvesting organs at one point he has to go collect the head of a kid from some other hospital and he's supposed to get the head of this genius kid but he he looks in the coffin and says, "You're too ugly to be a genius." So he goes to a different coffin, ends up being the wrong kid. And there's a joke about how the kid whose head he ends up taking, uh, he died because he went down on a girl underwater, and she was so 
like turned on that she held him down, clenched his head between her knees, and he drowned. I wish, I wish there was anything good that we could talk about, but there's not. In fact, like it just there were times, even in the scenes, the scenes with Leslie Jordan and Mark Blankfield, who played Doctor Frankenstein. Their scenes were the ones that I enjoyed the best, but even then I felt like there was something off. Like sometimes yeah. the timing would be off, and I couldn't tell if it was because they didn't really know their lines or if it if they were making it up as they went along or sometimes like uh Frankenstein would just go off on this maniacal laughter. It just seemed like they filmed the first take and just ran with it because it seemed like Leslie Jordan wasn't sure of the timing yet. Like, mm. do I do I just let him laugh maniacally for thirty seconds? Uh, is he done? Uh, okay, my next line. The camera work is really flat. A lot of yeah. these scenes are filmed in one long take. The camera sits there and. It barely moves while we see three characters and almost full body on the screen. And so, you know, I think something that really works with the Mel Brooks movies and uh, the airplane type movies, the Zucker Abram movies, is that they're cinematic. They have a style to them, even in just the cinematography. And so when these actors are working, like we get to see their faces. When a guy goes off on a monologue, the camera might slowly dolly into their face or it might cut to a close up on their face. And so whatever they're doing that, um, you know, makes them funny or interesting is right there. But to see somebody going off on a monologue while he's standing in the middle of the screen with two other people by his side, where there are all these other distractions and just people just standing there not knowing what to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, but just look at him. It's just, it just feels weird. I think that's one of the many things, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get lessons from this movie. Like, I, I really, when the movie was done, I thought, I suppose that could have been funny because it's so stupid. Uh-huh that it was bad, but I've seen so many movies that are so stupid intentionally and they make it funny. Like the airplane movies are dumb as hell. The jokes are obvious and silly and dumb, but they're funny because it just delivered better, I guess, and filmed better. I don't know how to pinpoint it. I'm looking for you know the formula. Maybe that's why it's so hard, is that's so hard to pinpoint. You either got it well, or you don't. Right. Well, Dolly Parton has famously said many times it takes a lot of money to look this cheap <laughs> in 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 describing her own look i feel like that applies to these types of movies it takes smart people to make a really good stupid movie like yeah. mel brooks is a genius in terms of film writing and directing and and, and comedy his movies are stupid. You laugh at the jokes because they're so stupid, but they're also witty. The same thing can be said of uh, Naked Gun, Airplane, all these other movies that you've mentioned. Yeah, they're dumb. The humor is dumb. It's lowbrow. It's juvenile. But but like you said before, comedy is hard. Um, you know, the, the little bit of acting that I have done... It, Specifically in college, um, I did both dramas 
uh, and comedies, and I felt so much more comfortable and confident in drama. I, I, I'm so insecure in comedy because it is hard to be funny. Mm. It's yeah. really, really hard. And I, you know, I think I had varying levels of success, but <laughs> it, it's tough. And I think you're right. I think that this movie had some potential, and I think that there were good people in it. Somewhere along the way, something went wrong, and it just, it, it's just flat. Like you said, I didn't, I didn't laugh once. I, I, yeah. I, I smiled because. I'm enamored with Leslie Jordan, but that's that's it. That that was the only appeal. The sex comedy fell flat. I, I guess I thought it was kind of funny when the horny nurse bangs Doctor Frankenstein in the elevator, and other people boarded the elevator and like didn't even notice. Like that was kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think something else now that I'm thinking about it that really works too is that. With uh, there's probably no surprise that those movies like we're talking about Mel Brooks and whatnot they tend to be ensemble like he has kind of an ensemble he has actors and actresses that he works with on a regular basis and they often end up in this you know different characters in different movies but they all have that you know they have that ability. And I think part of their ability is they're not just saying funny lines, but they still have a strong sense of character. Like Dom DeLuise, you know, uh-huh. can walk on the screen and have a bit part in a, in any movie, Mel Brooks, whatever, and it might last for three minutes. But when he leaves, you have a strong sense of that character. Like he almost seems like a full fleshed out, you know, silly man or whatever he is playing in that movie. It's strong. It's confident. And this movie doesn't really have that. Even with the people who are on screen for most of it, they're just flat characters, too. You would think in a comedy that's just about telling jokes, supposedly, that almost anybody could step into that role and just do the jokes and do them well. But I think, for example, I'm thinking about that doctor, um, the psychologist who keeps popping in and out, who's supposed to be angry and kind of a villain in a way. Yeah. He's kind of getting in the way. He must have, he has some pull over the hospital. I thought he was more of like an executive or something of the hospital or something. Yeah, Jonathan Farwell is the actor's name. I think he did some work on Star Trek. Yeah, and he he has a good look for the part. He has kind of striking features, um, you know, kind of like evil, older, middle-aged mm-hmm. man kind of thing. And he has this great setup where he has this secretary who at first you know, is wearing the glasses and seems kind of mousy or whatever. But every subsequent scene where they come on board and she's there or he's, you know, scheming to <clears throat> get Dr. Frankenstein kicked out, looking for the little man and dictating things to his secretary, blah, blah, blah. She is getting more and more sexy. And it sort of becomes revealed very quickly that they have this sexual relationship that's comically casual you know like suddenly she's typing but now she's in skimpy lingerie with garter belts and things and just stands up and walks across the room and casually picks up a whip and then you see he's hanging upside down with his boxers on that kind of thing shows up a lot you know in these movies um it's actually kind of a trope by now right it's kind of kind of been there done that it could be funny in this movie but he's just not an interesting character. Right. 
And that's the thing, like, as you're talking about it, like, I feel like if somebody explained this movie to me, I would think, oh, that sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's true. But it's not funny. Oh, gosh. I, mm. I honestly don't know what else to say about it. Ben Stein yeah. is in it. That's random. Oh, gosh. What year was this made? 1988? That was surely after Ferris Bueller. Ben Stein slumming it in this movie. (laughs) Oh, um, Bobby Pickett is in, has a very short cameo in here. Bobby Boris Pickett. Uh, Oh, yeah. and, And I did a double take at the credits on that because I instantly recognized him as the Monster Mash guy. He's the one who wrote... I, that must have just bankrolled his whole life. Uh, that, that that song, <laughs> he didn't do a lot after that. But he was like a kind of like a comedian, kind of a uh, I think a radio guy, and uh, he wrote that song of Monster Mash. He, he was a musician, and he had some people he would play with every now and then, and threw that band together and did that Boris Karloff impression basically for that song. And of course, that song's played every year on the radio and movies at parties, things like that. And he I know. has. I thought surely we would get a monster mash. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, you got the guy. Like, yeah, it's do a something. Frankenstein movie. Do the. Mo- I was waiting for it. Like, the movie was over, and I'm like, oh. And, and when the movie's over, the the main guy Frankenstein, like, there's a voiceover. Wait. Uh, don't leave yet it's not over and i was like oh thank god finally the monster mash no it's just no. some stupid like oh i'll explain what happened six years later and it's still just dumb oh yeah <laughs> not interested no. <laughs> thank you about as fun as watching the slides of your aunt's vacation you know uh-huh. uh, yeah i didn't even know he was in it until after because i didn't really look up anything about the movie and then when i saw he was in it i was like wait a second did i miss something and I went back to rewind to see if they even just made some Joker reference. Like, anybody's going to know what this guy looks like, first of all. Of course, nobody really right. does. But at least, did they put some kind of in-joke in there? No, there's nothing. It's just this guy, they popped him in the movie very briefly as a dude standing in an elevator. That's it. Missed opportunity there, too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, well, look, I... Uh... I'm sorry for making you watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made you watch stuff. I, I got to get a little bit of uh, of bad every now and then. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, this is one of the worst movies that we've watched. Now we have watched. Uh, we've we've talked about infamously our our lost episode street trash that movie was terrible because it was terrible just because it was in such poor taste like yeah. I, I i hated that movie i i don't even actively like... hated it yes yeah, both of I us don't... actively despise that movie i don't even like to think about it or talk about it i don't want people to watch it it's mm. it's garbage but this movie is maybe maybe the worst movie <laughs> Worse than don't don't go into the woods. At least go don't go into the woods was fun in its badness, um, right? Because you could point and laugh at it. Like <laughs> you guys are terrible. This, like, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they took it too seriously 
online you'll read that it's the worst Frankenstein movie ever made and then there are people who say oh that's not fair and uh, some people are like oh it's so bad that you know it, it deserves cult status but the movies that are so bad they're good are are entertaining at least yeah. like at least you have fun watching them and this movie just isn't even fun no. What I'll say is, if like me, you are a fan of Leslie Jordan, and and you know, it, it it really is fun to see him young. He just has these soft eyes and the most endearing smile. I'm sitting here in front of my computer looking at his profile picture on IMDb, and he just has this huge smile on his face, and that's really just what he embodied mm. just he just glowed with with positivity and and energy comparable almost really to like Richard Simmons like they they both just got that kind of really positive energy and he's just an absolute delight so if you uh are a fan of his i would encourage you to go to youtube and watch the first seven minutes or mm. so the yeah. first the first scene with him it feels very much like a saturday night live uh skit it, it it's not polished and and it falls a little bit flat but he is just cute as can be um and it, it, it's cool to see him in his younger days yeah, I'm just I, I'm just so charmed by him. You know, it, during the pandemic, I'd be scrolling through Facebook and he would pop up, and and he was very fit when he was young, but he was n nearing seventy uh, when he passed away, and so in his videos, he's got this pot belly and he's bouncing around and spinning around with batons and just <laughs> just having just living his best life it's funny that he found himself in horror movies honestly because he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy like we need this guy in our horror movie you know yeah uh, he, but he I'm, I'm just looking at the list jason goes to hell the final friday um, he was in some horror comedies like this one, or Undead or Alive, a zombie. I've never heard of that. But uh -uh. Demonic Toys, Personal Demons, Fear Incorporated. And he was a recurring character in several seasons, at least three seasons of American Horror Story. Yes, that's just what I was just going to say. Uh, he did pop up in American Horror Story, and, and he was really fun in those. I, I really liked his character in this... Uh, Coven. One of the seasons was Coven, and mm. he was a real. He was obviously the season centered around witches, and he was on like uh, the High Witch Council. But but again, I mean, he was just playing himself. But it it was he was great, and I love American mm -hmm. Horror Story. I love Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy, uh, I think uh, he's probably about our age, and. So all of the actors and actresses that he loves, he draws into the his shows. Mm. Um, we've talked about it before, um, you know, like Betty White, just these people who are Angela Lansbury, people who are just universally loved and deservedly so because they're they're 
so unproblematic. <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> there's really nobody less problematic. You know, Leslie Jordan was so open about his life and about his struggles with uh, addiction. You know, that 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 can be very dark, but to see somebody be so honest about it and to have come out of it on the other side and and lived such a fruitful life and and made such an impression. He had over 6 million Instagram followers. That's crazy. I, I, I think he went from something like 800,000 or something before the pandemic to over 6 million and he said it was just surreal. Like he would open up his Instagram each morning and he would have an a million new followers. <laughs> like it blows me away that close to a thousand people listen to us every week. Yeah. <laughs> but, but eight million people. I mean, you have really made an impact on the world. And, and not just because of that, because I know that there are a lot of people with lots of followers on Instagram who are not as inspirational as Leslie Jordan. But I, I was honestly uh, moved to tears because not only had he really reached a peak in his career, but I just felt like he still had so much more in him. I, I, I mm. thought that we were going to have him for so much longer, and I thought that we were going to be getting more of him, and, and I was so happy about that. But he went quickly. <laughs> you, <laughs> you and I, you and I have talked about, you know, if you're gonna go, go like that. If if I'm gonna go, take me in my sleep, take me quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't suffer. He went out on a high note. So I just, I I thought it only fitting that we say some nice things about him. So thank you for indulging me. Yes, thank you, and thank you, Craig, for the the idea and for bringing that up and giving us this opportunity to talk about somebody. Uh, who is well-loved and admired, who's taken from us too soon, but uh, did leave this turkey in his wake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like maybe we should feel guilty about exposing this. Um, uh, uh, like, I... Uh... It's on his IMDb profile, but I looked at his Wikipedia page, and it's not even listed as one of his credits on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I wouldn't claim it either. <laughs> you know what, though? I'll tell you what. When I post this, um, I'm going to post this on our page, and I'm also going to post a link to the video on YouTube. And for what it's worth, as long as that stays up anyway, I'm going to have it show starting at what I think is the funniest scene of his in this movie, which is him making breakfast and coffee in the morning in the laboratory. <laughs> and you get to see why Iggy, which is his Igor name in this movie, has his weird way of walking. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, we won't spoil it. We'll let you nope. watch it. It's good. Go check it out. Uh, all right, well, thank you for listening to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Uh, if you liked this episode, we'd love to hear from you. If you've seen this movie... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably. Probably. But if you want to talk about it, leave us a message on any one of our profiles online. You can find the podcast basically anywhere that you can find podcasts. Uh, just Google Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast and you'll find us all over the place. We do have a Patreon page uh, if you're a big fan and want to show us a little bit more support and we'll offer you some bonus content in exchange. But of course, we'll continue posting all of our regular weekly episodes for free for all of you. Uh, until next time, I'm Craig 
Jacob. And I'm Todd. With two guys in a chainsaw.